Here to score it for us is the master of disaster public relations specialist, Mike Paul. Mike Paul, known as the reputation doctor. Well, there's a court of law and there's a court of public opinion. Mike Paul is a crisis PR and reputation management expert. He's all about reputation. Got some tips on rebuilding those reputations. You first have to be transparent and then be accountable for your actions. He's got to get on a truth train right now. There's no ifs or buts in a true apology. You must speak directly to the issues that you've been involved with. You're going to have to have an across-the-board solution that is more than words, and you've got to have actions. Let's do this. Today's guest is Brad Hunter. He's the crime columnist for the Toronto Sun. He's also a former journalist with the New York Post. And today we're going to talk about the global fashion business and the crisis of fashion models being sexually assaulted, sexually harassed, and raped. Their allegations are horrific. Brad, welcome to Reputations in Crisis. Great to be here, Mike. So today's subject on our show called Reputations in Crisis is a crisis situation that you and I know has been going on now for decades upon decades. Going back even before the 80s, but the 80s we really started hearing about these stories much more. So the topic today is models not in crisis, but the model firm owners and their cohorts in crisis and sadly, these young girls, some of them under age, below the age of 18, and some of them young women, just above the age of consent, being filled with allegations of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and some, sadly, including alleged rape. You did a story in May, and of course you've been covering this for years. Let's start with your story in May and what was so important about the story, Brad, that you launched in May about this issue. Well, Mike, as you know, I mean, oftentimes the, the police or law enforcement in general will go for low-hanging fruit. In this instance, uh, they've gone for some fairly big names uh, in, in particular uh, Gerald Marie, who was uh, head of uh, Elite Models in Paris, one of the premier uh, modeling agencies in the world, uh, the former husband of uh, supermodel Linda Evangelista. Now, he'd been top of the heap for years. And I guess one of the things about it was it was so shocking is I don't, you know, I don't think if we said to the average person in the street, hey, there's sexual exploitation in the modeling business, I don't particularly think that they would go, huh, huh, huh? You know, they'd say, yeah, I can sort of see that. Now, but these guys allegedly took, you know, the, this exploitation and sexual assault and things uh, to a new degree with having standings. If the girl was uh, a virgin, uh, you know, almost like a scoreboard on the sports page, but she was a virgin. She was from Belarus or whatever, and they kept track of it in an organized way that as the father of a daughter is, you know, rather sickening. Like a, a gambling scorecard to see 
what you were going to have on a given day or a given night. And supposedly the scoring included their age, the younger, the better. Is that true? That was bonus bonus points uh, if they were underage, yes, and, and a virgin. Well, we call that predatory action. We call that pedophilia. We call that unlawful, illegal, when you have sex with a minor. And one of the stories that you know of uh, includes a, a model by the name of Carrie Otis, who herself was either a supermodel or close to a supermodel during her, her time modeling. What does she allege that Gerald Marie did to her at a young age as she was there with Elite Paris at the time? Carrie Otis, model, actress, spokeswoman for a wide array of causes. She was a very young girl. That's what she was. She was 17 at the time, on her own, in Paris, working for elite models, and she's claiming that, that he, uh, he, he raped her. In 1986, unaware of those calls, a gorgeous and vulnerable 17-year-old Cariotis was on her way to Paris. Deemed too exotic for the American market, the young runaway was sent to try out for the masterful Gerald Marie. I had no idea what to find, what to expect. And really when I was told I would be staying at the boss's apartment, you know, naively, I thought that might be a really good thing. Maybe somebody saw something special in me. So when you first met Gerald Marie, what was your impression of him? He was intense. He, he wasn't a, a warm, open, friendly guy. Um, it was very businesslike. He was very cold. Um, yeah, I felt definitely inferior. Carrie is now 51 and lives in Boulder, Colorado, with her husband and two daughters. Today, Paris is a long way away, except in her memory. Let's be quiet for a moment. She says she can never erase from her mind Watch the, shapes begin to fall. the night Gerald Marie, Keep still married to supermodel system. Linda Evangelista at the time, the came into her room and attacked her. I remember I came back after a full day of castings and was cold and felt terrible and went to bed. And it was at some point in the night that I woke up with Gerald on top of me and forcing himself on me. And I did my best to try to fight him off. And I remember a certain moment of of completely giving up, of being completely terrified and completely ashamed. Um, and so immediately after that attack, what did he say to you? Almost shaming, um, rather cruel and no conversation. You know, there was nothing. There was, of course, no apology. It was just business as usual, moving right along. In the middle of the night was staying at his apartment and in the middle of the night awoken 
to being forced to have sex at the age of 17, which is rape. Brutal, she says. And not just once. This happened consistently, and her allegation includes, you have to remember, I didn't have my own money. I didn't have my own place. I didn't have my own car. He was in total control is part of her story. Well, yeah, and, and that's part of the thing about these guys is, is that there is an element of sex slavery to it. I mean, you know, uh, frequently they're, they're, they, they prey on women from Eastern Europe, you know, some poor girl who's 15 or something like that, and they bring her to Paris, and as Cariota says, they control the money. They control where she lives, and if you're that age, you're thinking, well, he could just throw me out in the street at any minute, and here I am, thousands of miles from home. And so you're at, these girls were at their beck and call and in a very bad position. And it is very close to sex slavery, which makes it sex trafficking, uh, as, far, as far as I'm concerned. So as these things are happening in the 80s, then we get into the 90s, and it comes at a point where the BBC decides to take a freelance journalist who is very young herself, and she poses as a model along with a documentary filmmaker who poses as a photographer and they get very close to this Gerald Marie. And what happens to her and what is witnessed by this documentary filmmaker who's faking to be a photographer? While these alleged attacks happen behind closed doors, by 1998, rumors of abuse were rife, prompting an undercover team of journalists to investigate. What they recorded has been buried for the last 20 years. That tape is absolutely crucial evidence. Freelance journalist Lisa Brinkworth took her story to the BBC and eminent documentary maker Donal McIntyre. Their ambition was to uncover the suspected exploitation behind the glamour, industry-wide. So, for a year, Lisa went undercover as a model and Donal as a fashion photographer. Giving me access to photographing Naomi Campbell, Kate Moss, some of the worst photographs ever taken of some of the most beautiful women in the world. And uh, I just blagged my way in and um, told a few tall stories. And next thing uh, I knew, I was in the company of um, some of the most powerful and, I would say, dangerous men in the industry. This is Mac, my friend Mac from Ireland. Very quickly, Donal, going under the name of Mac McIntyre, got very close to Gerald Marie. I like other things, you know what I mean? Gerald Marie, it was quite clear that sex was on the agenda all the time. Oh, my man, I love you so. These guys, their average night out was either, if they're not with their models, young and old, on the table, drinking, having cocaine, they're going to brothels and having cocaine or drugs or doing whatever else they do. Uh, you know, I have a little problem here, right? These guys were in loco 
parentis. They're in the role of a parent. We keep only 15 girls. This is the first time this undercover footage has been seen in 20 years. A legal case bearing it for the past two decades. Here, Gerald is leeringly referring to an elite Look of the Year contest, which saw girls as young as 13 and 14 compete to win a modelling contract. But it was Gerald's plans for the most beautiful of them that was stomach-turning. This I come with a big boat. We just get off the boat to go and look at the girls, we need some land, and uh, oh, you and you and you, I always have a couple of friends in there, you know, the girls, they bring them. We witnessed the culture, a culture of sex. We heard them talk about it in the most graphic terms. We talked about the elite model look contest in Nice as an opportunity for him um, to uh, enjoy the company, uh, sexual company, of, uh, of underage girls. It was quite clear. No parents? No, no. No parents in the boat or chaperones? Gerald Marie says, yes, their words, their embarrassing words, but that's all they are. It was like locker room talk, boys talk. Uh, do you accept that as a defence? I don't accept that at all. And I think the testimony of uh, the women in and around that world uh, kind, of, kind of paints a very different interpretation of that. While Donal was shocked by what he saw and heard, never did the undercover team expect that one of their own would become one of Gerald Marie's alleged victims. I didn't want to be a victim. I wanted to be the journalist exposing this guy. So that was really, um, it was very traumatic. Playing the role of model, Lisa Brinkworth managed to snag an invitation to one of Marie's regular dinners. Night after night, young models from the agency were required to dine with Marie and his businessman friends. The conversation at the table was incredibly offensive to these young girls. Um, really bad la language, lots of sexual innuendo. Then Gerald Marie turned his attention to Lisa. Just you and I alone. I know we're going to have a great time, but we're going to feel great. And then, in front of the table of people, offered to pay Lisa for sex. I still didn't feel uh, afraid. Um, all I thought was, I'm getting all of this on camera. Um, and, you know, he's exactly the person that we'd been told he was. And this is all really good evidence for us. But what happened next was not caught on tape, with Lisa's hidden camera accidentally knocked out of the way. Despite the public setting, Lisa says Gerald unexpectedly and shockingly jumped her. Completely out of the blue, he walked over to me, straddled me on my chair, um, pinned me down to the chair, I couldn't move, and I could feel he, he, he had an erection and he was thrusting himself um, into my abdomen, just simulating sex. It was the most horrific thing and I, I couldn't get him off me. And I was absolutely terrified. I, mean, I thought I was going to be raped and... Um, the worst thing about this was that, that's the thing that gets me every time, actually, that is that where all these men sat around laughing. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. 
it was that's that was almost the worst part of it. No, no one helped me. Um, and it was so normal. It was so normal to them. Can you tell me what you witnessed in regards to his behaviour towards Lisa? I saw him mount Lisa. We were in uh, a nightclub um, brothel, and I saw him mount Lisa and. Uh, thrust into her. Gerald Marie would later deny the assault, but in 1999, the BBC ran its expose of the fashion industry, with Gerald Marie's bad behaviour around young models front and centre. Uh, 11.30. 11.30. I'll see you for 11.30. Bye-bye, The worldwide condemnation was damning, and the reign of Gerald Marie was judged to be over, but not for long. The industry, you know, didn't just forgive him, they didn't convict him, they gave him more business and he continued to make millions over the next uh, two decades. Well, some of the stories are not just the owners of the modeling agency and we've focused on one owner with a case that's moving forward, but there's been allegations of photographers, there's been allegations of staff members that work for the owners, there's been allegations of every piece within this industry, um, including concerns for parents who have such trust for some of these young girls as young as 14, 15 years old to come to America or come to Europe and have an opportunity to make money not just for these young girls, but for their families. What, what do you say about that? We're living in a time now, you know, when you and I grew up, Mike, you know, you're going to go with the Smiths down the street for a couple of days camping and whatnot. And, you know, that that was generally, you know, OK. But I mean, I certainly wouldn't sign my daughter over to uh, any of these people, particularly at 14 or 15 years old. It's a bad idea. These guys are lying in wait for them. And I think any commonsensical person would know that. that 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 business is going to be chock-a-block with them. As you said, that, you know, if it was just the guy at the top, you know, that would be bad enough. But, you know, you're talking a whole apparatus of, of abuse. And uh, I, I mentioned it to you before we got started. Jean-Luc Brunel, who was uh, the confrere of uh, the notorious Jeffrey Epstein, the uh, late pedophile, who was implicated in sex trafficking hundreds of girls and, and almost with the, the approval of uh, authorities in Florida. I mean, uh, he, he was caught for something that would have uh, done 20 years in a normal situation, but because of his wealth and power and connections, uh, you know, he did 10 months and he only had to show up to the jail to sleep for. He'd go to his office every day, a limo would pick him up at his home, and he would have underage girls continually coming. Now, this guy, John Luke Brunel, what he would do is because Eastern Europe, there's a lot of impoverished people in, in Eastern Europe, and they see the modeling business as, you know, possibly, you know, a way out of that poverty. As a family, you mean, that's sending a, a, a daughter. That's right. And so, so they get... They got a guy like Brunel, who's creepy as hell, uh, if you've seen him, and he, uh, you know, he'd go to these small places in wherever, in 
Poland or Belarus or Kazakhstan or, or where at where, or Czech Republic or where have you, and he would pluck these really attractive underage girls and he'd bring them to Paris where he would allegedly sexually abuse them, and then he might just put them on uh, Air, Epstein's uh, you know notorious Air Lolita to take them to, to Epstein. Oh, you're going to go to the states and you're going to do this and like that and make this guy happy, and what they found was rape. Well, not only that, Epstein had early on invested in the agency itself, so he was a partial owner of the agency, correct? Well, that, yeah, that's exactly it, and it's, uh, you know, it's a bit like uh, Victor Kayam uh, buying the shaving company. He liked the razor so much he bought the company, right, in a twisted sad, sick sort of way. Well, a French woman has filed a legal complaint alleging sexual misconduct by a former associate and friend of Jeffrey Epstein. She made the claims against French modeling agent Jean-Luc Brunel. She's the latest in a series of women to contact the police about Brunel. Arlene Cobb reports from Paris. Paris, the capital of fashion, attracts young women from across the globe, hoping to make it in the competitive world of modeling. But it can also attract men looking to take advantage of them. I know I was raped. I know that. This former model says Jean-Luc Brunel, a model agent and once a close friend of Jeffrey Epstein, spiked her drink and assaulted her. Police searched Epstein's luxury Paris apartment last month, but so far the case has turned up few leads about the American financier. However, a call for witnesses issued in September saw several women, mostly former models, come forward with allegations of sexual assault by Brunel over three decades. This Canadian, who does not want to be identified, is one of them. On a night out clubbing in 1987, she says Brunel, whom she knew from modelling, asked her to accompany him to his apartment to pick up something, which she did. She wanted a drink, and I said, sure, why not? And then I don't remember anything. He had drugged my drink. The next thing I remember is waking up in his bed, and he was beside me, and he was sleeping, and... and I was naked, and um, I was wondering how I got there. Went into the living room and got dressed, and I couldn't find the door. And um, I found the telephone, and, and I called my friend, and I said to him, you know, you have to come get me. But I can't find the door, but I found the window. I'll jump from the window and you catch me. And he's like, no, it's like four stories up. Luckily, he was there to t calm me down and, and everything, because I would have jumped. Her friend Rafik remembers was, it vividly. Uh, she was, uh, I mean, afraid, panicked. She looked like, I mean, like, she, she was white, you know, like, not even pale, she was, she was white. But you never forget the expression on your friend's face when something like that happens. I don't remember um, exactly what happened, but um, I did tell my friend everything from the beginning to the end. I told him right away everything. 
and um, later he told me that I had felt Jean-Luc on me, that I had a f flash, I, I must have come to. Did you go to the police? No, I, I didn't go to the police. I just wanted the, to forget everything. But when she saw Brunel's name linked to the Epstein investigation, she decided it was time to talk and has given French police a signed affidavit. Why are you coming forward now? If he's still doing it, and we're in 2019, if he's still doing it, how many girls has he done this to? Maybe now, with the fact that it's Epstein and something will happen, maybe, maybe they'll finally listen to us and he'll finally be stopped. Brunel left France this summer for South America as the investigation gained momentum. He says he's innocent and wants to return to answer the allegations. But he hasn't said when. Elaine Cobb, CBS News, Paris. Epstein's story has changed the Victoria's Secret brand and the Victoria's Secret modeling story forever because a lot of what was found through the Jeffrey Epstein investigation had a lot of accountability towards the brand and the owner and the women that were involved with Victoria's Secret. And today it is very different, correct? Yeah, it's, the company's taken a pounding because it's, you know, consumer base is what, probably 95% women? Do you want to be associated with that? No matter how nice their stuff is, a lot of people in good conscience wouldn't want to be associated with that. And Epstein was associated with that company for many, many, many years. And it's, you know, Epstein in general, it's like, you know, you tell me, Mike, you go to a buddy's house and there's an army of half-naked 15-year-olds running around. Is there no red flag? that says, you know, what the hell is this? And and that's the astounding thing about all these people, whether you're talking about Gerald Marie, uh, Brunel, or uh, or uh, or Jeffrey Epstein, is that the, the silence is unconscionable. Well, there's two other major names that are associated with being around young models or model wannabes, many of them being underage, many of them being associated with Jeffrey Epstein, and those two names include Bill Clinton and the former CEO of Microsoft, Bill Gates. Yes, and we're finding out some interesting things there. And the element is, as I mean, anytime I've written a story that's mentioned Clinton in the same breath with Epstein, I hear from Clinton's people, well, you know, to be denied, blah, 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 blah. And that's the same with Bill Gates. But, but you know, you tell your kids, right? I know I tell mine that, you know, you're judged by the company you keep, that that is very, very important. And it does go to your safety. If you're hanging around with a bunch of lung kids, doesn't matter whether you're doing anything wrong. You could catch a bullet, you know, and, and, uh, or, or end up in jail. These are wealthy, extremely brilliant men, and I don't know why they wouldn't wouldn't know that. Nobody in that circle said at any time, Jeffrey Epstein is a creep. Maybe he should be avoided for the sake of my company, 
for and for my sake personally. Do you want to be attached with that? To that, no, no sensible person would, because it will ultimately destroy you. And, and you know, people are taking a new look at Bill Gates now because he isn't quite the uh, goofy nerd. Well, the the person who's taking the biggest look at Bill Gates tied to this, and what we're being told is that it's a major reason why his wife is asking for a divorce, which means we're going to hear more piece by piece truth regarding why she thought that he was involved. And that could be, we call that a roundup story, right? Final question, Brad. It's now June 2021 give us a prediction of the future of what you expect will john luke as well as gerard marie and other powerful men be held accountable in 2022 for their actions that have gone on for decades and decades well i you know i would like to say that a bunch of people ride super former supermodels who've been abused and the cops ride in on white stallions uh, you know, our theme throughout has been this web, right? And who who gets who gets hurt? How far does it go? Does do things kind of get a little softer for Gerald Marie when he tells the detectives in Paris, "Look, you know, I can throw a whole bunch of people under the bus," or more particularly, he tells his pals, "I can throw you under the bus." You know the associate minister of justice, you know, what, and and then it starts backpedaling. Well, will they be held to account uh, in the way in which they should be? Sadly, I, I, I'm going to answer no. Wow. Well, let's see. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Mike, great talking to you after a lo such a long time. It's been, what, 20 years, something like that, maybe? Yes. It's good to see you, and uh, we'll keep in touch. I think this might turn into a series of interviews on this topic. We're going to follow it. I know you're going to follow it up there in Toronto uh, with your sources here in New York and around the world as well. So uh, we'll be sure to share notes if I find some things as well. And um, I thank you for your time. Any way I can help you and your reporting, you do a great job up there. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, anytime you want to uh, dangle me up for a chat or anything like that, I'm always at your beck and call, kind of. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Mike. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Brad Hunter did a great job in bringing light to the darkness that's been hovering over the global fashion business for quite some time. Those have, who have worked in it have known it's been there. And finally, we're seeing allegations that hopefully will have some stickiness to the accountability of those who have allegedly raped, sexually assaulted, and sexually harassed young girls as well as young women who are models in this business for years. I've also heard, sadly, that male models have also faced some of this. 
It hasn't been as newsworthy. And many of them are not as interested to date as telling their truth because they feel even more embarrassed of it happening to them. Today's t-shirt was Superman. The courage that it takes to speak your truth, to have integrity in doing so, in being focused, in thinking beyond self, and having the intestinal fortitude to bring out such truth. I can't even imagine what it's like. But we do know that whenever someone has done so, with, for example, the conviction of Bill Cosby in a case that people thought was impossible, many women spoke truth to power and their voice was heard and there was a strong conviction. Will it happen in these cases? Will it happen in the year 2022 when it seems like these cases are finally going to be walking into court? We're going to stay tuned here at Reputations in Crisis and continue to follow this story. More soon. And remember, please subscribe to the Reputation in Crisis YouTube channel by hitting the red button and also subscribe to us in audio form by hitting Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify's subscription button as well. Have a great day.